Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Welcome to the Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I am here alone today, which is so weird. Well, not alone. I am actually in fantastic company. If you're not seeing this on YouTube and you're listening to it, I have some fantastic guests today. But we had to move a few things around. January is a very, very busy conference month in franchising. And so we always want to have the best brands on. We want our clients to hear about them before they can hear about them anywhere else. So we're all podcasting earlier this week on Martin Luther King Day. So I am the only person that was able to make it on. But I am really, really excited to introduce you to a company that is new in franchising, but has an amazing, amazing support system. And I'm just really pumped because we don't see anything like this. And it's a win-win-win across the board for our clients and everyone that they serve. So without further ado, let me bring on the group here from Homestretch. I have John Taylor from the Repum Group. He is representing them on the sales side, and John has been on our podcast before. Thanks for joining us. And then we have Derek Schumann and Nick Lobert from Homestretch, the co-founders. Thanks, you guys, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much, Sam. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, you guys, I think the first thing I always want to jump into is we want to know what is Homestretch? What is it? What do you guys do? What exactly would you want people to know about this brand? So Homestretch is a home preparation service company. We help people that are going through very stressful life situations. Think of a death, a divorce, a downsize, a relocation. Um, For example, you may have a client that recently placed a loved one in a nursing home and they have their home full of stuff. You know, the basement is packed, the garage is packed, there's wallpaper on the walls. You got 25-year-old carpet. So we go in and we eliminate all the stress for this client, getting their homes prepped to sell. We tell them, grab what you want and go. We will take care of all the trash and donation. We will paint the entire home. We will re-carpet the entire home. We will upgrade light fixtures, ceiling fans, redo some baseboards if need be. Then we offer landscaping. We offer cleaning. So we make this process super stressless for the client. I don't know if that's a word or not, but we eliminate all the stress. Yes, it is now. Um, We eliminate all the stress for the client going through a difficult life transition. I love that. So how did this start? What makes you guys think of something like this as co-founders? You know, I I can't imagine that there's anything really like this. I've never seen a service like this. And we've dealt with this in our family very recently with my mother-in-law having to be moved into a memory care facility. And there's so many other things going on that, and you just want somebody to help you do anything or to give you a solid answer on anything. So this is amazing. How How did this come to fruition? Yeah, so Nick and I, ironically, are childhood friends. So we grew up in elementary school together, played sports together, and we kind of had that type of friendship. And then we went our separate ways kind of in high school where he went to a different high school, I went to another high school, we kind of lost touch. 
So fast forward about 20 years after, you know, we were friends in middle school. Um, I had moved back to Cincinnati, Ohio after selling my first company and was going to take a job, you know, to be closer to family at this online auction company. And during my interview, the first person I see who walks through the hallway is Nick. I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in 20 some years. And we kind of reconnected our friendship and started working together. And, you know, through that experience, I just saw how great he was at sales and, you know, how dynamic he was with the customers. And in the back of my mind as an entrepreneur, I was always like, man, like if we have that right idea, like we would be the perfect team. Like we're a yin and yang. I'm my background's in finance and technology and I'm good at operations and Nick's just the ultimate salesperson. So kind of putting us two together is, is a great duo. But anyways, while we're working at this online auction company, you know, we help people that were going through downsizes or divorces sell items in their home of value on an online auction marketplace. And we had a lot of success doing that, but the feedback that Nick and I would get all the time from our clients was, you did a great job helping me sell all these high-end items, but like, what do I do now? What do I do with this house that's my biggest asset? Like, I live in Colorado. Like, I don't know how to get this house ready to sell in Cincinnati. And at the time, Nick and I were like, yeah, I don't know. Um, that does sound like a big problem. But over the years, after hearing that so many times, the light bulb went off and we kind of looked at each other and we said, you know, there's a massive need for people to have a one-stop shop, one -stop shop solution to get their houses ready to sell by just doing all those cosmetic fixes that you need. So we ended up quitting our job in 2019 and we started Homestretch with just Nick, myself and his pickup truck, trying to prove that there was a need, you know, for this service that made it easier for people to get their houses ready to sell. And fast forward to 2024, here we are. Wow. We got the ultimate sales guy. And then we have the organizational back office. If Brittany, my <laughs> business partner, were here, she'd be like, that's exactly like us. And I think it is. It's truly something when you meet people and you're like, you can identify that is the yin to my yang. And that's super, super powerful, especially in business, to be able to work with people that you like, know, trust, and respect. Good for you guys. So when we're thinking about this business, are you going directly to the homeowners? How are you finding people that have are going through divorces where, or deaths or moving? Where are you guys getting these clients from? Yep. So with having a background in sales, been doing sales for 20 years, uh, what I love about this business is we know exactly who our referral source is. You know, our referral source is the real estate agents, it's the realtors, it's the brokers um, in the industry. And they are the ones who they need help with this as well. You know, the realtors, they always have a guy, you know, <laughs> oh, I got a guy for this. I got a guy for this. I got a guy for this. And sometimes it's stressful for them to manage it as well because they're managing five or six, seven different vendors to get this home ready to sell. So we network and work directly with agents. And that's what we love about this business is it's scalable. Once you work with an agent once and they notice that we show up on time, you know, we get a quote out within 24 hours. We can start the project within two days. If we make a mistake, we go and fix it in 20 minutes. You know, they're kind of used to the typical stereotypes of contractors where it takes a week to get a quote. Um, they can start in three weeks or once the project's done, maybe they might be hard to get a hold of, you know, if there's a doorknob loose or some small minor fix that needs to happen. You know, we answer the phone and show up on time and do what we say we're going to do. 
So it scales because once an agent uses us once, they're kind of like, great, I got to keep using this company. They're reliable. They show up on time. So that's uh, exactly where we get our clients is the realtors. That seems like a win-win for everybody there. Does it help the value of the home a lot too? Like what is, when we look at it, does it far outweigh the cost of what the client is paying to have all of this stuff redone when you have all these fixes made? That's kind of our internal motto is if they're going to spend five grand, we want them to make 10 grand, you know, so a hundred percent, um, take a house that has blue carpet and wallpaper everywhere. And it's in a nice neighborhood and the home looks packed. They might spend 15, $20,000, whatever the number may be to empty the home, paint it, carpet it, but you're going to increase the value because it just looks neutral and nice and fresh. I mean, you'd be amazed at what flooring and painting can do to a house, but you're 100% spot on. If, if they spend money with us, we want them to get at least a double ROI of what they spend. That's a really good motto to have too, because I think the homeowner then feels like they can see the end result coming down the pipe as well. And I imagine, you know, I'm constantly, I, I call it my, it's like my addiction. I'm always on realtor.com looking at houses. We, we are not in the market to buy a home right now, but I'm like, if one did come up, I would want to know what it was going to be. And I do think so many people are like that now where you're going through Zillow or whatever. And I know every real estate agent is cringing right now. Like the estimates are wrong and why are you on there? But the name of the game is people are going to look those properties up And if it doesn't look great, you're probably getting passed over for another property that's a similar price that looks better, maybe in a less desirable neighborhood because people don't have a lot of tolerance for things that aren't turnkey usually. Yeah, it's an excellent point. I mean, especially our generation, you know, the millennial generation, like we were used to instant gratification. Like our generation wants to just put a TV on the wall and be able to move in the next day. Like having a DIY project where you have to rip down wallpaper and redo the carpet, you know, redo light fixtures. Like mentally, when I see that in a house and I'm just like you, I'm always looking at real estate and, you know, always looking for the next house. Like I could look at blue walls in the house and instantly take off 15 grand from what I would pay. And, you know, that's just how we do it. It's just like when you're shopping for a car, if you see a scratch on that car or it's not detailed and clean on the inside, mentally, you're already taking thousands of dollars off your asking price. And that's what Homestretch ultimately does is we want to remove all those negatives from our seller's property. So then when a buyer does see it, not only are they super excited to put an offer out there, but they don't really have any wiggle room to go below asking price. And it just it does create that win, win, win for us, the realtor and the client. And when you guys talk about scale, how many real estate agents is somebody working with? Like, let's talk about the cost of scale for a franchisee, a prospective franchisee, and then what they can anticipate getting from that. And, and I know, John, you've, you've worked with a few of my clients on this brand already, and it's been pretty compelling what you're able to build. So for you guys, what does that look like? What, what is the time frame? How many real estate agents do you need? What's the cost of scale to a franchisee? Yeah. So like Nick mentioned earlier, our business model, it's not a pay-per-click model. Like we're not spending an exorbitant amount of money on Google ads, just trying to get in front of consumers. We're going direct to businesses and businesses in our case are real estate agents. 
So it really doesn't take that many deep relationships with realtors to have a healthy market going. I think in Cincinnati, which is a pretty sizable market, relatively speaking, we probably have 30 to 40 agents that know, like us and have used us before. And there might be 3000 agents in the entire city. So just like any industry, you know, the top 20% do the bulk of the volume. And I think that holds true in the real estate space. But, you know, if you find a great real estate agent that really trusts you and has used you and believes in you, that agent can refer you 30, 40, 50, 60 times, you know, throughout the year. And it just kind of stacks up on top of each other. So that's one of the exciting parts of this business is that there's just so much potential for growth. And, you know, when you get into the right market with the right partners. Yeah, I think a big piece of why the business scales with the real estate agents is because Homestretch isn't going in there trying to upsell a home, right? They're not going in saying, hey, remodel this bathroom for $45,000. We're going to put the career tile in there and, and, and do it right. Because you don't know what the actual you know, return is going to be on that investment. You're doing a service with the community to give them the best value out of the home. And the real estate agents really appreciate that because Homestretch is doing right by their client. So they see that Homestretch isn't coming in there trying to have them spend an absorbent amount of money. We're giving them industry-leading direction on what's best to get the most value out of that home when it goes to market. Um, so the real estate agent appreciates that. You're not a typical designer or contractor that comes in there and blows the ticket out of the water, right? And it's not about the highest ticket average. It's about the hamster wheel of recurring revenue through the real estate agents who recognize the service that Homestretch is providing to their community. And I got a great example for that one, John. Um, we had a client and he wanted to re-epoxy his garage floors and he wanted to repaint the garage uh, walls white. Now, this is a six car garage. So re-epoxying the floors is not cheap. You know, it's an expensive product and it's a process to get the floors looking good. Now, his concrete was fine. His walls were fine. They weren't perfect. You know, they're dinged up like a normal garage. But then his foyer the main bedroom and the kitchen all were a very light purple color. And the Ooh. agent was adamant. The agent was like, you got to get rid of the purple color. And the client was adamant. He wanted to paint the garage. So I go out there to quote the garage. And so the, the agent had already said, Hey, don't paint the garage, paint the, you know, paint the most important rooms in the house. So I go and I reaffirmed exactly what the real estate agent said. I go, Hey, don't spend your money on this garage, spend it on the inside of the house. At the end of the day, it's still a garage. Um, so we ended up, he, once he heard it from a second person, we kind of played good cop, bad cop a little bit. Um, the home ended up selling very quickly, but that's our goal is we don't want to spend money if the client doesn't have to, because every client tells me the same thing. Nick, I'm selling this house. I want to spend as little as possible but I want to get the highest prices possible. Okay. Well, they're a little counterintuitive. Um, so let's make sure we spend the money in the appropriate areas, which the four most important rooms in the house, the kitchen, the family room, the foyer in the main bedroom. So that's where we focus. That's really interesting. So what if you have a client in a scenario that doesn't have the money? Maybe it's a family that is, you know, placing somebody, in a care facility that's now going to cost them six grand a month and they're facing that and they're thinking, I don't want to deal with this. Somebody can take this brown carpet 
and the real estate agent is saying, I'm telling you right now, you're going to regret this decision. Is there any financing available? Is there ever the real estate agent pays? Are there any alternative scenarios to the client paying up front? Yeah, of course. I mean, we always view our company as just a solution provider. Like we're here to make people's lives easier in stressful situations. And obviously part of being a solution provider is working with clients who might not have, you know, the money to pay up front. And the good thing about our business is, you know, we're dealing with houses that are going to hopefully sell within 30 or 60 days from when the work is completed. So to answer your question, like, yes, we have a third party financing solution that all of our clients can apply for, um, which creates, you know, really unique payment plans that might work to their specific situation. And we also, you know, especially with our trusted real estate partners can defer our fee until the closing of the property. So, you know, through those two main, main methods, we can work with our clients on, on any payment solution that works for them. I really like that just because I think everything is so different. I love that you guys are so solutions-based. So, you know, when we're analyzing brands and in our position, one of the things that we look at is what's the value proposition? Is it differentiated? Is this something that's national? Because I think we all know businesses, you know, wherever you are in the United States where it's like, this may be great in Cincinnati, but if you take it to fill in the blank, Madison, Wisconsin, maybe this isn't going to be something that works. This seems like it truly has national appeal in any market, whether it's a Dallas where real estate is going bonkers or a Birmingham, which maybe isn't on Dallas's level, no offense, Birmingham clients, but I think, you know, real estate just isn't there. For you guys, the other thing we look at is what do you provide that our clients couldn't do by themselves? So they listen to this and they go, okay, I think I could clean out junk. I think I could you know, do this and do that. You guys do have some unique technology. You guys have some other things that you're really offering that, in my opinion, I think far and above justify the royalty. And that's really what our firm does is what, what makes this truly franchisable? So can you guys go into your systems and processes and tech a little bit more deep for us here? Yeah. I mean, Nick and I have spent the last four years kind of refining the processes and systems in place because, you know, when we explain what Homestretch does to you and to everybody else, it's fairly simple. And just like you said, other people might be like, well, I can paint walls and I can replace carpet and do this or that. But I think, you know, the, the secret sauce of this is how do you do it where you're doing 50 or 60 jobs in a given month and every job can start within three days. And that's really where we focused a lot of our attention is just on those systems and processes so that any market can kind of use everything we've created and do that type of scale and never be three weeks out. Because for our business, you know, if somebody's ready to sell their house and they like home stretch and they have a great feeling about it, but we say, okay, great. Thanks for signing the contract. We can get started six weeks from now, like time kills deals and we're never going to do that. So, I mean, we have tech and processes and systems in place to kind of scale and continue to kind of train people so they can handle that type of, of scale, which is great. We also have some national partnerships in place that I think make this a lot easier. We have a multi-year Sherwin-Williams partnership that covers painting and flooring for all of our franchisees across the country. So it kind of creates that turnkey solution for our flooring solution, as well as, you know, painting products so they can kind of step in and just get right to it on that. We have, you know, a pricing algorithm that all of our franchises can use on consultations which helps with quoting and giving suggested prices based on, you know, what services are being performed in that particular room based on dimensions. Just all that stuff just makes this business a lot more simple 
so that all our franchisees can step in and focus the majority of their time on building relationships with realtors, which is exactly how we want it. Because when those relationships happen and the brand starts kind of getting into a local community, the rest of it becomes fairly simple just based on everything we've created with the franchisees networking process. Yeah, you definitely could not do that on a local level with Sherwin-Williams going in, doing all those things. I love the quoting algorithm. I think that's where so many service-based businesses kind of jump the shark is that when you're dealing with a professional or a non-professional, a lot of the times it seems they're just tossing things out or you're waiting for an invoice and then you're, you've paid for something and they're re-invoicing you. And it's like, I've already paid you for that. The money came out of our account. So it's unclear. And I think especially a real estate agent appreciates line item by line item, what you're able to accomplish there. So I love that you guys have created an algorithm for that. I don't think that I knew that prior to this. That's why I love doing these because I think I learned so much about the brand as I talk to especially founders. You know, I, I think that's a really neat thing you guys are doing there. Um, now, John, you're talking to people about this day in, day out. This is your life. You're, you are talking about home strats on the phone a lot. So when you think this through, what type of client, and you get a lot of different ones, even from us, I know, but what type of client is the person that you want to be a franchisee of this brand? What are those characteristics? It's interesting you say that. I mean, there's there's two sides of this business, really, the business development side and the project management side. So I think this is attractive to multiple different style individuals, uh, but ultimately somebody who wants to build a big business in their community, somebody who wants to provide a resource. Maybe it's a client who really wants to feel an attachment to their community, like they're doing something great for people because that's what this is, right? If they wanted to get into something where they're just, you know, bumping up an average ticket and trying to sell a really high-end custom job, there's opportunities for them. Uh, but this is a business that is massively scalable. And then you can, a client for me that can really dig into one of those niches, right? If they want to be the face of the company, they want to be the relationship builder, they can hire out the other portions of the business. But if they're more detail-oriented, operations-oriented, they want to be the operator side of the business, they can hire a personality that's a, you know, involved with the community that can go out and build relationships and, and really be that, that person that's the first call to the real estate agent one year down the road, five years down the road. So when we're talking about potential candidates for, for you uh, that eventually get to me, we want to make sure that we're bringing on really good people. This is a people business. It's people first. Um, you meet the founders here on this podcast. Um, it is important and imperative, if you will, um, especially as we launch this brand to have really strong people, right? That are willing to come in and do the work. Um, the path is there. The roadmap is there. The template's there. It's just who's going to come in and execute it. And those are who we're looking for. It seems like you would have to have the helper gene. You would have to really want to and enjoy helping other people. And I think there are there are a lot of businesses where you would have to have the helper gene, but it seems like here, just given the circumstances of different homeowners and and real estate agents, and you know, you would have to really love and enjoy helping people, which I don't think we always we think about those things with like senior care, kids, all of those warm fuzzy you know businesses, but this too is definitely a warm fuzzy business. So I love that. You guys, and, we, oh, go right ahead. 
I was going to say, speaking to that, I, I was telling John at the conference we were at last week, um, he's like, well, what's like, what do you love about this? And I go, well, we're not just doing a service and we make 120 bucks and it's not just like a service just to make money. And that's okay. There's a lot of businesses out there that you're doing it to make money. But I love when I go to a house and someone is so stressed out, they don't know what to do. And I say, don't worry about it. And their home might be in deplorable condition. You know, we've done hoarders. We've done cat houses. We've done dog houses. We've done smoker houses. We've seen everything inside a home you could ever imagine. But when you take a house that's in really rough shape and you transform it within a, you know, a 7 to 12 day period and they end up selling the home for $150,000 more, and the real estate agent's thrilled because you did it in 10 days. The client's shocked because they're, they don't even know what they're looking at. It's like a brand new home. Like, that's fun. You know, that's enjoyable. Like, that's where the passion comes for me is to see that home and totally transform it. I always joke, sometimes the grosser the better. You know, like, <laughs> I like those massive transformations. It's like, I really, truly enjoy it. And it's, and it's instant gratification, too, because you can do it so quickly. You have that in common with my son. Sometimes the grosser, the better. I feel like that's a motto in parents' <laughs> yeah, exactly. voice. It's like, yeah, not, we um, you know, Homestretch isn't focused only on doing these gross jobs and doing um, only death, yeah. divorce, right? I mean, everybody needs this service. If you sell your home, I built my home two years ago. It needs a fresh coat of paint. I need to spend four or $5,000 before I sell this home. Right? So it works for anybody who's selling the home, period. Um, and it's everybody winning, which is beautiful. Everybody winning. I love that. I can't think of a better scenario for business owners and people using their services. So you guys, we end this podcast with the same two questions every time. This was not sent to you ahead of time as a topic um, because I always want people to to really have it kind of come out fresh and we're all in the franchise industry in in one shape or form. And so, John, I'll start with you because you've been on before. And I, I find that it does change as people have been in the industry longer and as they as they work with different brands. But what is your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? Oh, it's – this is a very vague answer, but it's it's the people because – Every person you're talking to in every category of franchising, they're all coming here for a different reason. Um, and they're all here to get a result that's on their terms, which is really cool. Um, you know, if you're talking to somebody who's been in the corporate world for 20 years, they've been thinking for 19 years and 11 months about how to get out of corporate America, <laughs> right? And you're able to facilitate options for them, right? There's another pathway for them. Um, so I'd say it's, it's just dealing with different people all with the common goal of, of doing what they want to do for them. I love that. Now, Derek and Nick, you guys could have done this in different markets. You could have scaled this. Every franchisor has the option to scale corporate locations. And many people go that route. That's the way that they decide they want to do it. Maintain complete control, have something that they don't have to hand off and you guys decided to go the franchise route. So Derek, I'll go to you next. What's your personal compelling reason for choosing franchising? 
I love this business. I mean, it's been my obsession, my passion, kind of my everything for the last four years. And I just get so much joy out of what it is now and what it can ultimately become, which is going to be the national leader in the home preparation market. And just through our experience, you know, Nick and I have three other corporate locations. We have employees working for us. And I believe for this to really work to its fullest potential, it needs to be run by entrepreneurs that have that same passion, that have that same skin in the game, that want to grow an empire just like Nick and I want to do. And the best way for us to replicate that in markets outside of our corporate locations is by franchising and getting other entrepreneurial minded people on board with what we have and to believe in the systems and the vision that we have and to truly own it. So Nick and I thought really hard kind of about the decision you just laid out, you know, should it be corporate or should it be franchising? And I think we both came to the conclusion that for home stretch to reach its potential, it's getting other passionate entrepreneurs on board with us to create something that can be huge. And that's what kind of keeps us going. And, and that's what we love about it. Nick, this is the hardest position to be in because everyone's given their answer now. <laughs> so, oh, I'm all right. I'm good. All right. Um, it, well, one, it's what's best for the business. You, you have to have ownership that's local. You got to have someone that cares, that's going to show up and is going to be at the property. If something goes wrong on a Friday night at six o'clock, they're going to go fix that problem because it's their brand. It's their reputation. It's their business. Is an employee going to do that? Maybe, maybe not. You know, um, so that's the first thing is it, it is absolutely what's best for the business and best for the growth. Um, also I didn't realize this until recently, how special the franchising community is. It's, it's a small, big community of thousands of people that have all known each other for years and almost all of them have an entrepreneurial spirit, um, like-minded individuals and everyone just wants to win, you know, and everyone's really nice and they really help each other out. Even, you know, at the latest conference I was at, seeing competitors talk to each other about best practices. And you don't see that in corporate America. Um, no. It's cutthroat. You know, you work for someone for 20 years and you get laid off because you have a bad quarter. Um, this is completely opposite. I've just, I've, it, it's a special community. And I'm so excited to get involved with it because I, I noticed it right away. Within a day, I could just see it. I'm like, this is different than the stuff I'm used to in the past. Yeah, it's you're going to have a blast. <laughs> it, you know, I, I love being a franchisee too, because I always say just what you said, it's, you're having these same experiences. It's kind of like being a parent. And usually if you are running a business, you're competing with other people. You know, you're, if, if you know exactly what I'm doing, then now you can have the secret sauce. But, you know, I'm in Madison. I can call up a franchisee in Kansas city and say, Hey, I don't know what's going on, but we are just, our customer acquisition is so low right now and I'm doing everything I did last year and it just isn't doing what it's supposed to be. I noticed that you are up exponentially. What are you doing? And they'll immediately say, here's what I did. And it's, it's the playbook. So I always think of it, you know, as a mom, for me, it's like having a mom friend who's four years ahead of you. They're like, oh yeah, well, they'll get out of diapers when they get out of diapers. And you're like, but he's due in one month and he's not in diapers. <laughs> he's still in diapers and everybody else is, you know, growing past that. And so it's just having those people there to say, here's what it is. And we believe in you and don't hit the panic button yet. So it's, it's such a cool industry for so many reasons. 
but the support is is number one and paramount to me. Now, the last question that I have for you, and Nick, I'll start with you. I'll go in reverse order, is what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And it could be about life, business, marriage, whatever it is, just the best piece of advice that comes to mind for you that you've ever received. That's a good one. Um, Probably came from my grandfather. He was 93 years old. I mean, he was a successful man. He quit school when he was in sixth grade and got into the produce business. And his advice was, you get what you put into this world. And I think it rings true with anything. The effort you put in is the effort you get out. So you get what you put into this world. That'd be the best piece of advice I've ever gotten. I love that. John's dog also loved that, but I love that. (laughs) My dogs are our biggest fans too. Sometimes they pipe in (laughs) during this. So Derek, I'll go to you next. What is your best piece of advice you've ever received? Probably from my parents. And it's just life is short. You know, try not to live a life of regrets. And that's something that I, you know, think about often as we kind of go down this entrepreneurial path. And as I have moments of, you know, clarity on what decisions to make, it's, you know, the one thing I want to do, hopefully in 40, 50 years when I'm really, really old is just look back at my life and just say, you know, I at least took shots. You know, I tried, tried to leave the life that, you know, I was happy to leave and whether or not it worked out to the success level that I wanted, at least I gave it a shot. So um, that's always been helpful for me. And that's kind of what I've used every step of the way to at least get us to this point here is just, you know, life's short. So just don't leave regrets. That makes for a great entrepreneurial mindset. Certainly. John, how about you? Best piece oh, I'll get, of advice. I get to wrap up received. the best advice, huh? Um, <clears throat> mine's probably from multiple members of, of family leadership, and it's it's choose selectively who you surround yourself with. And I think that ties into franchising a lot too. But you're making a big selection on who you're partnering with long term, uh, but you're the product of your environment, right? And, and who you select to be around. And obviously, today at one o'clock p.m. Eastern time, we selected to be with FranPath and. Derek and Nick from Homestretch and uh, the people listening to this call. So um, it's, it's important who you surround yourself with and, and that'll be uh, an indicator of your success. I think that's a great way to wrap this up. I am so appreciative of you guys for taking the time in a really busy season of business and life and so many things going on. And I'm just so excited to reconvene a year from now when you guys have so many franchisees and see where the business is and share this with our clients. So thank you so much for taking time with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Sam, as always, it was a pleasure. It's an honor. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.